Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Sarah said unto Abram, My wrong be upon thee. I have given my maid into thy bosom. And when she that had conceived, when she that when she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her eyes. The Lord judged between me and thee. Let me just read it again. And Sarai said unto Abram, My wrong be upon thee. I have given my maid into thy bosom. And when she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her eyes. The Lord judged between me and thee. So he says, nobody here but who? We can read it as many times as we want. And as you now know, I just want to read it one more time. And so let's read it together. But this time aloud, read it loud enough so your neighbor can hear you read it. What does it say? Sarai said unto Abram, my wrong be upon thee. I have given my maid into thy bosom. When she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her eyes. The Lord judged between me and thee. I'm going to talk to you for just a little while about the way out of dysfunction. The way out of dysfunction. I really believe the Lord uh, dropped this in my spirit. I don't know how well I'll do in the sense of oratory. But I do believe that there's a message embedded within this text to speak to the hearts of God's people. I want to start by just sharing with you what dysfunction is. And uh, there are two primary definitions in Webster's Dictionary that describe dysfunction. It is impaired or abnormal functioning, and that might have more of a physical application in terms of gastrointestinal Dysfunction. I suspect all of us know a little bit about that, and I won't go deep uh, there. Then the second definition is abnormal or unhealthy interpersonal behavior or interaction within a group. An example of, of that is a term that we hear about, family dysfunction. I think I'm going to read that again. Abnormal or unhealthy interpersonal behavior or interaction within a group. And you know that sort of leaves something open if it just said abnormal um, 
it kind of leaves something open. But it also said unhealthy. Abnormal or unhealthy. Can I just say that again? Abnormal or unhealthy. Interpersonal behavior or interaction within a group. And so that <clears throat> ups the ante on dysfunction as it relates to interpersonal behavior because dysfunction can be amongst any group or any gathering of people. There is familial dysfunction, family dysfunction. But there's also job dysfunction. I suspect that some of us, regardless of our occupation, are in some unhealthy situations in our workplace. Let me just say something real random that I found out, and I'm gonna keep it moving. I found out that a lot of folks just don't like each other. <laughs> that probably bugs me more than anything as a pastor and a leader. People just don't like each other. And I'm gonna tell you something. It's, I'm not saying here, I'm just talking in general. It's hard to lead people that don't like one another. That don't get along. It's stressful. I'm not talking about here. <laughs> just talking in general. <laughs> I have a whole lot of hats, you know now, that I put on as a leader, I lead in a whole lot of different venues in, in this season in my life. Um, but that can be stressful. Leading people who just don't like each other. Dysfunction can be in the family. You already said that. No need us pretending that all family members like one another. I know some brothers and sisters <laughs> whose names should be changed to Hatfields and McCoys. <laughs> because it's on. The only connection they have is a common gene pool. But otherwise, you wouldn't know that there's any connection there at all. Dysfunctional workplaces, I pray with many of you about the dysfunction that's going on on your job. Some of you hate your job. Help me to preach, Holy Ghost. It's, look at somebody and tell them it's, it's going to be a, a short ride, but a bumpy ride. It's, it's not going to be a long, but... I really don't want to be long, but I just want to touch on some things and maybe come back a little later and talk about them some more. Um, we see dysfunction in Washington, D.C. right now. 
I've never seen a, a club of millionaires and men and women. They make hundreds of thousands of dollars, but the truth be told, most of them are already rich when they got there. And, and the only reason that some of them are there is because they want to control the levers to keep them rich. And then they can't get along. You used to be able to say, well, it's just party division, Republicans versus, versus Democrats. But, but when you look closely, the Republicans don't like each other and the Democrats don't like each other. It always amazes me. They can say the most horrific things about one another, then get together and run on the same ticket and pretend like they never said nothing. I hope somebody's listening to me today. Then we can talk about church dysfunction. One of the things that holds the church back from having the impact on the world that it ought to have is, is is there so much hell in the church? Deliver me from saints who pretend to like each other when they really don't care. I'm working on something. I want everybody to ask somebody, don't answer. The rule this morning is, right now, you cannot answer. You can only ask a question because I want the question to be rhetorical. I want everybody to, 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 to speak to three people around you because I suspect one or two already know you, you know, or you've got a relationship with them and they're probably afraid to tell you the truth. So I want you to ask about two or three people around you uh, and excuse the Ebonics, ask them, do you even like me? <laughs> do the same in East Sanctuary. <laughs> One brother told another brother, no. <laughs> Leave that alone. Too deep with this, you can be married and not like each other. I'm gonna say something a little oxymoronic. Let me get a little deeper. This is this is heavy. You can love somebody and not like them. I think I'm feeling like preaching now, yeah. <laughs> Dysfunction is, 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 it's not something new. It's been around a long time. It's not something that just popped up on the horizon. <clears throat> We've dealt with it down through the generations. 
Sometimes we haven't known what to call it. Sometimes we don't want to call it that. As much as I hate to say sometimes what the young people say, like I said this morning, it is what it is. This scripture, this text, I want to be done 15 minutes. It's a whole passage of dysfunction. You know, sometimes <clears throat> we're so used to reading a scripture one way that that's the only way we read it. And we fail to allow the Holy Ghost to peel back the layers. You know, I found out <clears throat> you can come to a Bible, Bible story with preconceived notions. But let me say it to you another way. You can bend a scripture to make it mean what you want it to mean. That sometimes God has more for me, but, but because <laughs> I read the Bible with a closed mind, I can't get but so much. Lord, help me to get beyond myself. So I can get all the revelation that you have for me. Who really wants to know God? Who really wants to, to, to understand his word? I, I, let me just ask this real random. Who in their daily Bible reading, even though you read the, the same text, who comes there open for a fresh treatment from God? We, well, we, I've preached this story many times down through the years. I've preached this story many times. And some of the times when I preached it, uh, we had a great time as a church. And when I say that, I'm, I'm talking about the church universals. I've been around the country. This is, has always been one of my go-to texts, and oftentimes we get happy. And sometimes I have to slow myself down as a preacher because as a preacher, you know, Pentecostal preachers like to see folk happy. I can be so focused on making you happy that I forget to peel back the text so you can know what you, what you need to be happy about. And sometimes, are you listening to me today? Yeah. If you're listening, shout amen. amen. Sometime before you can get happy, you need to get sad. We like to rush to the joy of the text. But we don't want to deal with the stark realities and, and revelations that the text brings to us. I want to tell you today that Genesis 16 is a chapter filled with dysfunctional interaction. There are a lot of users in the church. Now, that's going to be, look deep what I said. I didn't say they weren't saved. 
Sooner or later, I've got to persuade you. And I know some of my colleagues don't like it, but it really is the truth. But I've got to persuade you that um, you're saved, but yet have issues. If I can't be saved with a couple of issues, God help all of us. Y'all quiet. Help, help me preach to your neighbor. Say, neighbor, I ain't saying this. Pastor's saying this. Now, this is what I want you to tell him. You know something wrong with you. <laughs> you can sit up here with... With your eyes blind and look up in the heavens, I will lift mine eyes up into the hills from which cometh my help. All you want to, let me help you there. Your help is coming because something's wrong with you. Quit pretending that we're perfect. You cannot go on to perfection until you recognize that I'm imperfect. Why in the world am I on the potter's wheel? If the potter's not smoothing out the rough places. I don't know why you came to church today. I didn't just come to jump and shout. I came so God could work on some of the rough places. I didn't just come for a good feeling thrill. I'm, I'm tired of just fluffy church. I like to shout in the service, but I don't want just fluffy church. I, I need an experience that'll help me get my life together. There are too many areas of dysfunction in my life, too many contradictions. When I would do good, evil is always present. Somebody tell me, how do I overcome the evil? thy kingdom come thy will be done lead us not into temptation but deliver us from all evil help me Holy Ghost Everybody say the, the names of the principal characters in this text. Abram, Sarai, and Hagar. Hagar. Let's say it again. Abram. Lord, give me economy of speech. Most of the time when we read this text, only Hagar is the victim. <laughs> is that right? Y'all are familiar with it, you know, because I didn't preach it a thousand times. We bounce Hagar out at the end. 
God took up for poor Hagar. That's how I preached it. Then that's a happy preacher. Can I suggest to you that sometimes, and this may help you understand your, the dynamics of your own relationships, that sometimes the victim can victimize. I'm trying to see which side of the church is the warmest. Because I wanted that to be one of those hmm statements and Somebody look at somebody and ask them, are you, are you the victim or the victimizer? <laughs> ask them, ask them this too, and you can leave them alone for about two minutes. Ask them, uh, 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 have you been perpetrated or are you the perpetrator? The problem with the world and the church is, is, is we want to pretend as if life is in these little neat boxes. And that's why a lot of times we can't settle conflict because everybody's so polarized. I'm all right and they're all wrong. When the real truth is, and I'm preaching today, when the real truth is that we all a little right and a little wrong. Thank you. Whoever clapped your hands, thank you. The saints left you alone to clap your hands, but you clapping for all of us. You're not all right. Who am I preaching to? you you are not all right and you are not always right. Even though you always like to play the victim. Pastor, pray for me. Everybody's hating on me. Well... I feel you and I pray, but part of me is telling me to ask you, but I'm scared to ask you because you pretend to be so fragile. I really want to ask you, well, why is everybody hating you? They're wrong for hating you, but could it be you provoke a little of that hate? I wish I was preaching. Nobody would tell me I'm preaching. Lord, show me myself. Stop letting me walking around here whining and sniveling. My whole journey in Jesus, I, I'm whining and sniveling and, and, and I'm trying to put life in these neat little boxes. Got to do this quick. Can I tell y'all, can I give y'all a shortcut of this text? 
Abram was wrong. Sarai was wrong. And Hagar got wrong. We already know Hagar, uh, Abram was, was a mess. Abram was, was willing to give up his wife to other men to save his own skin. Lord, please help me preach. To save his skin. He was going to let other men sleep with his wife. Two different leaders asked for his wife. Who is she? Because y'all know Sarah was fine. <laughs> Men looked at Sarah and they wanted her. So why y'all get so quiet when we, <laughs> we deal with life? I know the brother can't say man. You, you, you got married. When you got married, all the other women got ugly. The same for the sister. You got married. All other men got. You know that ain't the truth. You walking with your wife. Man. And sisters, when y'all out in your little gathering, and the men ain't around, and somebody walk back, oh, he fine, honey. That's just the reality. Sarah was desirable and. And when men saw her, they wanted her. I wish y'all tell me to take my time. <laughs> and they asked Abraham, who is that fine thing we want to? Abraham said, you can have it, that's my sister. But that was true. She was his half-sister. <laughs> But he left out a major detail. She was also his wife. This is a side note. Deliver me from men that won't stand up for their wife. So he was a rascal in that way. But he also had no spine. Now the sister's gonna get quiet now. Because in the moments he should have stepped to his wife, he was weak. I'll tell you this for free. A good married couple, both the husband and the wife, will lovingly tell each other when they're wrong. lovingly but they'll tell them when they're wrong I feel like preaching <laughs> much as you love them they're not right all the time and that's why you're there for each other so when the wife gets in her flesh you can lovingly talk to her about her flesh, and then when you get in your flesh, she can lovingly talk to you about your flesh. 
Honey, that's not the right spirit. Hold on. So Abraham is dysfunctional. He gives in to his wife. I don't even know why he's dysfunctional. God help us think at a deeper level. If, if we really got into the dysfunction thing and started looking at each other, we, we maybe wouldn't be so hard on one another. We would understand some things. Sarah is a victim of culture, cultural expectation, because in the world of that time, all women are expected to be fertile. Are y'all walking with me? The time the Super Bowl started. Oh, we got a minute. All right. I heard somebody say, no, we don't. I got to go home and buy the groceries. Huh? <laughs> the culture said, <clears throat> you're not fully woman if, if you don't produce. It's not her fault. But yet she's, she's saddled with the burden that I can't give this man a child. Now I'm going to use my Holy Ghost imagination. And Abraham's too dumb to know how to minister to that part of her that is dealing with that insecurity. I'm not preaching. She's hurting and he's not sensitive enough to understand her hurt. And tell her, hey, babe, it's all right. You don't need no baby when you got me. I'm trying to give somebody a rap line, but y'all. You, you pop that, you say that at the right time, brothers. That'll get you somewhere. All right, let me leave that alone. Let me leave that alone. That's too deep. <laughs> I'm preaching, y'all. Just don't want it. <laughs> so Sarah's dealing with, with, with the dysfunction of not being able to produce a child. And so what does she do with her dysfunction? She forced her dysfunction upon Hagar. And the situation is already dysfunctional because Hagar is a slave girl. I'm already here against my will. Y'all not talking to me. <laughs> I'm here against my will. I'm in this situation. I'm waiting on this elitist woman. 
serving in the household of this doting man. And this elitist woman treats me like a piece of property and goes and tells my husband to sleep with me. She don't have no say over her own body. This is, this is, is this bad preaching for Sunday morning? Can you imagine having no say over your own body? Can you imagine being told who you have to give your body to? That's dysfunction all by itself. So you know what Abraham said. <laughs> Abraham said, it's a hard job, but somebody got to do it. <laughs> Am I still all right, son? I'm preaching the Bible. This is the Bible. Y'all act like y'all so shocked about everything. You wouldn't be so shocked if you read the Bible. There's all kind of drama and all kind of intrigue and all kind of strange things if you would just open the Bible. I ain't never heard of that before. That's because you ain't read the Bible. I never saw that kind of sin before. That's because you haven't read the Bible. There's nothing new under the sun. And before you get up in it, the only reason you ain't done it is because God kept you from it. Somebody ought to praise God because he kept me from some stuff. I dare you to lift your hand to heaven and say, God, thank you for being a keeper. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I got to say it one more time. Somebody shout hallelujah with me. Y'all forgive me. I got happy for a moment. I started thinking about what I could have been. Where I could, where, where I could have been. How low I could have fallen. And that's why I don't gloat over somebody else's situation. When I see somebody else down, I give God the glory and say, but for the grace of God. I'm not here to form any opinion on you. Um, Young lady, woman just got convicted the other day. The child went to the school and shot up the schoolhouse. Horrible. And I'm not here to change your mind. I just want you to just 
Think broadly and then come to your own conclusion. I'm just going to tell you where I am. As horrific as those deaths were, and as angry as I would be if it was one of my children that was shot and killed, I'm not sure how I feel about that conviction. See, we only want to wear one hat. And we only think about an issue. I wish y'all would tell me I got time to preach. We only want to think about an issue on one side. We never want to look at the other side. Lock them up, throw away the key. But let me turn this thing around. Your child ain't got no crazy in them. Is it impossible for your child to do something that you didn't teach them to do? I'm not trying to get into all the particulars of the case. I'm just trying to ask us to think. Don't, don't, don't you sit up in here and think your child ain't capable of doing stuff. You don't know what they've done. I'm just now finding out stuff my boys did. Some of them they ain't told me till now because they knew I would have beat them to death. And I still don't know everything they're doing. They're men now. Well, she wasn't a good mother. I believe the Lord talked to me about this text. That woman, she locked up because she wasn't a good mother. Okay, let's say she wasn't a good mother. I want to ask you another complicated question. Why wasn't she a good mother? Y'all don't want to walk with me. Is it possible that she wasn't a good mother because she didn't have a good mother? Well, Bishop, are you saying that nobody's responsible for the action? No, that's not what I'm preaching. We all are responsible for the action, for our actions, but we can help one another if we would take some time to consider why do people act like they act? We never want to deal with cause, and that's why there's one party on the political spectrum. It's hard for me to respect them because all they want to do is lock them up. And they may, be deserved, they may deserve to be locked up, but is there also a possibility that we could change some of these conditions and circumstances that call for them to be locked up? If you're hungry and God don't help you, you're still. I thought that was an amen line, I guess it was. <laughs> Nobody wants to deal with causes. We want to deal with the fallout from the situation. But who wants to deal with the cause of the situation? I'm trying to tell you, dysfunction breeds dysfunction. How do I know how to treat my wife when my daddy didn't treat my mama right? Oh, let me go another way. How do I know how to treat my wife 
when I don't even know my daddy. I thought that was a big amen line. Help me, Lord. So Sarah is dysfunctional. And her dysfunction bleeds onto Hagar. And Hagar is now used <laughs> by Abram and Sarah. And then Hagar gets pregnant. I don't even think she said words. Uh, it, it was just the fact that she was pregnant. And I know y'all looking at me. Some of y'all sisters, you know how to say a thousand words with a look. <laughs> Never say a word. Uh, and so she, she gets puffed up. She's pregnant. And she quits acting like Hagar's slave. I know you call me your slave, but I'm sleeping with your man every night. <laughs> I may be the slave, but he coming up in my tent, baby. And not only that, but I got his, I got his baby. And, and you know what? In my spirit, I feel like Hagar, her stomach was already swelling, but I believe she poked it out bigger when she walked up. Everybody say this with me. Dysfunction breeds dysfunction. Ready to close. Let me close the iPad. Give y'all some hope. <laughs> Am I boring y'all this morning? <laughs> it's a mess. Just a whole bunch of dysfunctional people in this text. Messed up Abraham. Jacked up Sarai. Humble but now haughty Hagar. It's a mess. And then there's, there's, there's this fallout and there's this breakdown. Because, because everybody in the text, they're both victim and victimizer. They're both abused and abusive. And the Lord told me that, that that's what's going on in our world. We have abusers that abuse people. And the abused people never want to recognize the abusive part of them. The hurt people never want to recognize who they hurt. 
Lord, I believe I'm preaching. It's a complicated situation. And the conundrum that we have today as I close this message is how do we get out of this complicated situation? Our family life is complicated. Our job situation, as I told you at the beginning of this message, is complicated. And then we get saved and come into the house of God and when we get into the confines of the house of God, we're still in a complicated situation. All kinds of people. Look around you real quick. Just look around you. You don't have to judge. Don't judge because I'm going to tell you all their business. You're sitting in a sanctuary. You're sitting amid the church of God, but yet in a cauldron, a cauldron of people who have complicated lives, who come from complicated backgrounds, who are dealing with complicated situations. Look around one more time real quick, please. We got to close. Y'all taking too long. You're looking at people around you who have all kinds of neuroses and psychoses. Some of them are too proud to tell you, but they have fears, they have inhibitions. They have struggles and they have battles. Some of them even have had dark thoughts they're embarrassed to tell you about. And the reason we can't help each other is because all of us wear masks every Sunday. We failed. acknowledge our humanity. We fail to acknowledge our flaw. Some of us won't even acknowledge that I bleed and hurt. I'm so glad that Jesus set the example for us when doubting Thomas said, I won't bleed. You know, we beat him up. I won't bleed. unsavory cast of disciples. Peter, I know you. I know the apostle was a publican. I know all of you are rascals. I won't believe unless I put my hands to the nail prints in his head. I won't believe until, until I can take my hand and put it up in that wound where blood and water spilled out when the Roman soldier speared him. And yet Jesus, he challenged Thomas's faith and said, blessed is he that believeth who have not seen, but because you're struggling in your faith, I'm going to disrobe myself and I'm going to show you my wounds. Sometimes the church cannot minister like it ought to minister because we refuse to show each other our wounds. 
thank God for Jesus. He was wounded for my transgression. Bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my peace was laid upon him and by his stripes I'm healed. I got to close this message. I need you to help me close this message today. And look somebody in the eye and say, neighbor, whether you ever tell me it or not. Y'all couldn't hear that? So I'll say it again. I got two preachers fired. Let me slow down. I'm trying to close the message on the high. Tell them whether you ever tell me this or not. I know you have dysfunction just like I do. But the preacher told me to tell you there is a way out of your dysfunction. There is a God who loves you. There is a Jesus who died for you. Somebody praise God for the way out. I can't get no help. I'm getting ready to close. I can't get no help. Look at somebody and say, there is a way out. Tell two more people, there is a way out. Look on the bench behind and tell a third person, say, hey, neighbor, there is a way out. When my mother and father forsake me, the Lord, I wish I had somebody to holler with me. The Lord, y'all won't help me preach. Look back at him another time and say, hey, when my mother and my father forsake me, say the Lord will take me up. I got to close this afternoon, but I just rose to tell somebody if the saints won't treat you right, if your family won't treat you right, if your children won't treat you right. If your mother and father won't treat you right, yes, Rose, to tell somebody, I know a man from Galilee. His name is Jesus. He said, Come unto me. Somebody help me close this message. Come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden. He said, I will give you rest. He said, cast all. I dare you to reach and grab your trouble. I dare you to reach down and grab your burden. I dare you to reach down and grab your care. And say, hey, neighbor, I got a lot of trouble. I got a lot of heartache going on in my life but I'm coming out of my dysfunction cause I heard Jesus say 
cast your cares upon me. For I care for you. I'm trying to tell somebody. Act like you're a preacher. Open up your mouth wide and say, Nobody, not my mother, not my father, nobody can do me like Jesus. Nobody can love me like Jesus. Nobody can hold me like Jesus. He's the best thing that ever happened to me better than whiskey better than wine better than crack <laughs> nobody everybody standing we gotta go everybody standing everybody on your feet tell everybody around you nobody like Jesus Put your hand together and praise him for a moment. Now tell your neighbor, I'm coming out of my dysfunction. Tell, tell your neighbor, say it's held me down long enough. I'm coming out of my dysfunction. I'm shaking off my pants. Y'all and praise them like you should. Praise them for deliverance. Praise them for deliverance. Praise them for deliverance. Lay your hand on your head. Take your hand on your head and say, I'm free from my past. Jesus, I release you from all dysfunction. 